0: He's wet it, man! Whoa, oh, I can't believe it, Jordan C. No,
1: yeah. <laughs> he's got to give him out, and then he's rubbed his nose. Rusted, that dicky nose. Yeah. <laughs> what about to McCullum? Shane might be trying to, try to shake the sweep one after
2: that first. Might try and slide one in there. Fast.
1: Yeah. Well, you we called it. Out. Let's run out. Let's come off Sam's head there. on no, this no, no, guy. You'll never see that again. Yeah, you think you've seen it all, don't you?
0: Welcome to the SC Playbook BBL Podcast, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Tonight, we're going to cover Supercoach BBL round 12 and 13. It is the final SC Playbook episode of the season. We're going to finish with a bang with a very, very special guest, that excited to get this bloke on uh, for the round 12-13 episode, a bloke by the name of Andrew Langley. You might know him more commonly as the coach of Diabolical Point, he's the defending champion of Supercoach BBL. He's currently sitting 10th overall this season in BBL 12. He also has the pod of of Matty Renshaw in his team this week. So I think that 10th could be sizzling a fair bit higher going into the final two rounds and lockout ends. Andrew, how are you, mate? Good to have you along.
1: Thanks for having me. It's good to be here.
0: And, mate, uh, I was going to say how the nerves had into in the last few rounds. You're highly ranked, but... You're a seasoned veteran. You've been here before. You're the, i don't know what the AFL equivalent is. Maybe the Richmond Tigers been there and done it, or the Cats. I could—I could ramble <laughs> off the league ones, but the <laughs> AFL—I'm not too sure because you are a Victorian.
1: That's right, just from just out of Melbourne, but um, yeah, very much a big AFL fan. But I'm an Essendon it's supporter and it's been, yeah, Essendon, 22 years of hell, really. But anyway.
2: Mate, so am um, I, just quietly. I'm not introduced yet, but I've got to jump in there. It has been a tough, uh, tough bit of a
1: period, hasn't it, mate? Tough, it, tough times. It, it has, but at least I've had some fun with my supercoach, so it's all good. That's it. This
0: bloke, uh, this bloke needs no introduction, but we'll give him one anyway. It's the, uh, the supercoach spy. And spy, you, you called it early. You, you're on the rise, you're flying.
2: Yeah, I've, I actually thought I was one fiftieth. I just checked, I'm one eighty So not quite as good as I thought, but you know what? That's all right. I'm inside the top two hundred, and what have we got? About two two rounds and one game left to try and try and make that top 100 for the year. Um, so we'll, we'll have a chat tonight and see what we can do and see if we can do a little bit bomber than better than the mighty bombers down south there, there, Andrew, mate. <laughs> Fingers crossed for you, boys. If there's a
0: sport. There's a sport with a ball that can be kicked that can, and anything. The Spies on top of it. And he has a fantasy team involved in it as well. Uh, Andrew, we did mention you're sitting 10th. You've got Matty Renshaw in your side this week. So well placed. How's the side tracking? We're obviously recording this on Wednesday night. Round finishes tomorrow night, Thursday night.
1: How, how's the side sitting at the moment? Side's so going okay with Renshaw in it. I think I'm sitting at about five five uh, 580 with. Uh... With short as my captain, so um, yes, yeah, with six players to go, anything can happen though. So, um, we'll wait and see. Um, I do know the person, another Andrew, that's in first place, and I know he has captained um, Steve Smith. So, um, your got a lot of work getting me Smith. if I want to catch him. Yeah,
0: the bloke leading captain Steve Smith. Well, he had the
1: VC on him. Yep,
0: this is why, wow. uh, that's why he's first in your 10th and about to soar, mate. <laughs> Talk me through it straight away. Matty Renshaw, like, he came into BBL 12 with some decent form in longer form cricket. He hasn't really been able to put it together this season. Why Matty Renshaw? You just knew what he was capable of. You thought he might get more of a role with the ball. What was it?
1: It was a little bit more luck than good management. Um, I've had (laughs) Renshaw since very early in the season. Um, Bought him in. He was quite cheap. Um, He was in form coming in to the season he then went to um when he went into the national side i needed a donut in my team i didn't have one so i kept him um he's dual position player so I could move him around and i knew when he came back for these two rounds um brisbane were playing the first first game of the round last round and mm-hmm. this round so i thought he's probably once he is back he's an easy person to loop on the bench because he is the type of person that can go low or high so um that's sort of how it came about. I had him on my bench with the emergency on him and paid off this round. Didn't last round, but it did this round. So (laughs) all
0: good. Absolute masterstroke, mate. The Kuma Stallions, uh, the Spies rising, the diabolical point, they're rising. The Kuma Stallions, we're still on the slide, to be honest, 131st overall. Bit of a horror story last round. Going into that final game, I was tracking quite well. I had Abbott, Skipper, and then there was a big storm coming in for Sydney, and I changed it to AJ Ty because I thought there was every chance they weren't going to get through the second inning, so I locked in Ty, didn't take a week, at Abbott went and absolutely killed it. Fortunately, Abbott was the second leg of a decent little multi I put on, so uh, it sort of offset the pain of Supercoach a little bit. Anyway, we're still sitting all right, but... Uh, the dream of top spots is is now you know probably foregone, unfortunately. So try and top last year, which was 43rd third or so. I'm tracking well this round, uh, so hopefully back in the top 100 when round 11 lockout ends. Guys, the Unlimited group, absolutely sizzling. We have coaches ranked 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 6th, 7th, and 10th overall in Supercoach BBL Pies, coached by Brent, is in number one. Terrace Crew by Matty, two. Silly Points by Peter in three. Pit My Side by Tyrone, I know him, good fella, in six. Bradley, Hunters Navy Blues in seventh. Down to Diabolical Point, Andrew in tenth. Andrew, Andrew, your namesake, Andrew, who's leading the way. If you could get onto that bloke and tell him to jump in our group, we'll nearly have one to eight after this round. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, like I, I know him, so I can certainly try and do that. Um, I'm playing him in a head-to-head this week. That's why it, it hurt oh. me to see um, see Smith with that VC. But get good on him; him. he's a great fight. Shoot, shoot so. unli-
0: yeah, there. shoot him our unlimited group code. And don't worry, pro- don't worry about our audience. SC Playbook uh, fans. He won't be eligible for prizes, but geez, it'd be nice. We'll get we'll go to the top ten if the spy keeps soaring the way he is. Guys, NRL and AFL podcasts and articles launching from next week. We've got the green light from Kempe to use the bloke in a bar studios this season. That's right, SC Playbook is going in studio onto YouTube. God forbid we're also on TikTok this season, so jump over there and give that a follow if you're under 16 years old like all the rest of the TikTok followers. Uh, Spy, what this means is it's been a long time coming, but the people are going to get what they want. They're getting their head reveal.
2: Just quietly. How about that TikTok sledge? There's a few people I know that love it. Oh, it's, uh, luckily, I'm luckily I'm not one of them. I just get the the best of it sent through to my phone.
0: Mate, my my, <laughs> mates, my mates love it as well. So I'm uh, I, I'm definitely the one feeling old in this one. But we're on it. So we're we're a modern uh, organisation. SC see playable.
2: That's what they do. The head reveal, yeah. Looking forward to it. Obviously, uh, probably going to get a sprayed tan on the weekend and a haircut. So, mate, no, nah, not really. I might get some some sun, mate. It's actually out after a few years, so enjoying that around the beaches. And um, yeah, we'll get the mug out and see what the people think.
0: Yeah, the nerves, mate. You've been hi- hiding behind this alias for a while now. And uh, look, I don't know if we'll tell them what you do for work. We, we won't tell them how many games of NRL pl- NRL games you've played in your career, how many tests for Australia. Um, but, mate, any nerves or what are your thoughts?
2: Mate, I've been inching to get out for a while now, but the powers that be up top, i.e. yourself, haven't quite been ready. Uh, obviously, it's a big moment and you wanted to wanted to build it up nicely. But, um, mate, no nerves in, in this. Let's, uh, let's call it the SPY organisation. We're, we're ready to rumble. Oh, I'm that excited
0: for it. Tuesday, Tuesday the 24th will be the first podcast from the studio. And, yes, of course, YouTube as well will be on there doing clips from the Beers and break to podcast, which started today with the Rugby League Guru. We'll be getting clips from the AFL crew as well, going, going hard at the SC Playbook channels as well, our AFL channels this year in 2023, I should say. Jump onto our YouTube and subscribe as we start filtering videos onto that and, of course, our major podcast. Uh, more importantly, though, for today, the final episode of the Supergirl Big Bash season, first and foremost, we're going get, to get into... Andrew's mind. Get all his secrets to success, his methods, what's worked for him over the past two years, what hasn't worked. Uh, so so many questions for him that I'm excited to, to pick his brain about it all. Double game week analysis. The heat and the scorches have the double in round 12. The Hobart Hurricanes in round 13. Gonna have a quick look at our targets from there. Uh, and then also our antipod targets for the run home, which is the one that I'm more interested in because. Teams are pretty similar, and if we're looking to make jumps in the final few rounds or win head-to-head leagues where you think you're you're in a bit of strife, antipods are the key to it. I've got a few uh, that I've got in mind at the moment. Uh, We'll look at our skippers for round 12 and 13 and a few listener questions to wrap it up. Andrew, let's start with you, mate. And my first question, I suppose, your Supercoach history. So you won BBL Supercoach last year, you're sizzling this year. Uh, any other big, I suppose, Big Bash seasons on record? And you like a bit of AFL too, so any form around that?
1: Yeah, look, my Big Bash is, is where my form is. Um, the two years before I won it, I finished in the 80s, so I'm going for four top 100s in a row this year. Yes. But um, AFL, I'm usually around the uh, three to 6,000 mark. I think I had one good year where I finished about 1,500th, but um, yeah, I, my Essendon bias lets me down all the time
2: in yeah. the <laughs> AFL. <laughs>
0: Do you do you have any? Do you have a big bash side that creates any bias for you, or are you a little bit more neutral on that front?
1: No, I'm a bit neutral. I think you know, with footy, I've grown up with it, whereas I just enjoy mm. watching the cricket. So you know, I'm from Melbourne, so I'm usually looking at two Melbourne sides, and I prefer an underdog. So if anything, I guess Renegades is where I lean. But um, yeah. Um. Next question. I've seen
0: you quoted before. I think it might have been on a Honeyball article focusing on single game week guns and double game week guns. And you've said that you will prioritize. It's. I think it's the the big question that supercoach BBL coaches face. And I still don't think we've entirely got our head around. There's probably not necessarily a right or wrong answer, but we have this tendency to focus on double game week guns. You mentioned that you prefer to focus on single game week guns rather than a, a bloke just because he's playing two games. Can you talk us through that a little bit?
1: Um, it's probably not that simple. I, I do focus on the double the double game weeks, um, yep. I think. But I try and rotate the absolute guns through their double game week. I'd rather have a gun playing two games then go for that fringe player who gets two games, but you might you'll probably have a, a single week gun who will do better than that fringe player. So I usually try and rotate the better players through the double, if that makes sense. Mm. Um,
0: yeah. So and, and we know who the elite guns of Supercoach are, but I suppose maybe a, an example there might be. Let's say a Sean Abbott's got a, a single game week and a few more coming up, and there might be someone like a bloody old Ashton Agar, who's got the double. Is that a, a situation where you'd go, you know what, Agar could go well, but um, Abbott has runs on the board. I want to get him into my team and you are not for that way.
1: Uh, yeah. And, and I, I very much look at role. So the way I'm seeing Agar yeah. at the moment is he's not getting huge points. He's batting low down the order. I actually would prefer to have an Abbott in my team who I know is going to get that death over and, um, often leads to one or two easy wickets, um, I would probably take a risk, um, only because there's so many scorches to choose from too. Uh, I don't like having too many players from one team because they all steal points off each other, so you've got to bet against some yep. of them. Um, Agar's a brilliant player and could come out with a huge score, but he's competing against some pretty good players in that setup.
0: Hmm. That's it. Spite?
1: I'll,
2: I'll throw in there while we're chatting sort of a similar mould, talking of roles there. What's your take on a really pretty good batsman who have scored tons in the past but can obviously go low? Let's let's call him McDermott from Hobart. But the <laughs> uh, what's your take on having uh, those sort of guys in? Yeah, is there too many in your eyes? Are you happy to have three or four or do you try to keep it minimized? What's your take there, mate?
1: Yeah, I have McDermott, so I know exactly what it feels like. Um, <laughs> I don't like batter only players usually, I usually Look for all-rounders or if i am looking at a batter only maybe a wicket keeper they tend to get sort of that extra 10 or 15 fielding points than a regular player might who doesn't bowl um i've analyzed the, the scoring over the last few years about 60 percent of the the points total points goes to fielding and batting only gets about 40 percent. so i try and target The fielders in my team, so you're you're looking at people. So if you looked at my batting lineup at the moment. They're usually all rounders. People are getting a bit of a bowl. Um, I will take risk on a batter only in a double game week, maybe because they're getting two bites at the cherry to try and get that big score.
0: Would you Would you ever take the gamble on a a batter only in a double game week as a skipper, or is that just a hard
1: no? well, I can't say I wouldn't do that because I skipped Wade in the final round last year. <laughs> but, um, oh. I got up and won, but that was purely because I was coming from so far back I was looking for something different to what everyone else was doing. What were you coming? going into the last I was round. coming 11th. I was 363 points behind oh. first, and um, I got up and won oh. by 23. <laughs> but um, we had the advantage last year. The last few rounds we had five trades per round because of COVID, and we had four teams on the double, in final round. So from about three rounds out, I went, I'm going to try and get an entire 11 that is not the popular players but have the same role. I always look for the same role. So you spoke about Abbott before. Okay, if I haven't got Abbott in my team, who are going to bet against him with? Maybe a Richardson who bowls the death overs at another team but mightn't have the same kudos. So I'm usually looking at a player's role if I'm betting against him.
0: So so that last couple of weeks last year, last few rounds, you you essentially went for a team of pods and I suppose maybe second tier guns or or second tier popularity anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah. And look, you know, Mm. the the most famous one in my team is I bought Boyce in and he got the double hat trick and that's probably what got me over the line. And he was he was a pod that no one else had. (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> Mate, I think you you and me were the were the only ones in Supercoach that owned Cam Boyce. That was glorious <laughs> to watch. Spy, were you on board Boise?
2: No, I wasn't. But were you watching live when he took the double No, I was
1: first actually first I was actually at work because it was during the day and um, I'd been in a meeting and I came out of the meeting and um, I saw he'd, he'd um, taken it. And I'd also missed <laughs> the end of the game before and Kerr had got three late wickets. So I'd, my team in the space oh. half an hour had got about seven wickets. It's just... It was, huge, that is it was a huge huge moment. Yeah.
2: Um, that's so bloody good. It's almost better than watching you scan down the scorecard and go, Are you joking? <laughs> I was a bit like that with Jai Richardson round round one this year when he first played, and I was at a concert and I was just checking the score and I kept going down and it kept Richardson, Richardson, Richardson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the love affair continued for the great man there. Um my well, next question, mate, would be around Kind of a two-part question, but something that I think is really hard to balance in Supercoach, and there's probably no correct answer, but pods versus antipods. So my first question is kind of how hard do you go on pods or do you just kind of – Take a a bit of a calculated view on them if you think you're a chance of getting some points there. And in the reverse, if someone is highly owned with potential, someone like a Phillippe, he's often highly owned, um, but he's a good man to get a bet against. Do you think it's worth doing that or do you try to stick with those people so you don't fall too far behind if they happen to score a ton?
1: It's a little bit of both. So I tend to look at the teams sort of ahead of me. Um, and even if I'm way down the pecking list, I might pick the teams that are about 100 points overall ahead of me and just look at who they've got and then see if I can tweak something to my team that might give me an advantage over those teams. Um, the, the batter onlys are the, are the ones where maybe you can take a risk. I'm not scared to bet against the popular batter with one that's a little bit less popular if his role is the same. So to me, an opening batsman's an opening batsman. I don't care who he is, really. Um, you, we saw with Smith yesterday, you know, what? His, his stumps were hit and an edge fell a few centimetres short of the keeper and he went on and made 100. So um, it's very hit for yeah, players. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> and just on that, um, and this is probably general super coach, um, doesn't matter what sport it is, does it change early on, those first one or two rounds? Are you more inclined to pick someone like a, we'll use Philippi again if he's 60 or 70% owned? Or are you happy to go against him early? Or do you play a bit conservative I, early? Because I know that aggressive versus conservative is interesting to start a campaign. I
1: usually start a little bit conservatively just to so yeah. I don't fall too far behind. But then I start to try and yeah. see where I might be able to pick an advantage. And that's just through what I've learned over the years. And AFL's the same. I often tried to find that secret gun to get in my starting team. And nearly all the time, I was wrong. <laughs> and um, I've fallen behind. So
2: yeah, I, re- I reckon fine. i was stay up until about two years ago. I was trying to do the same. I'm like, gee, this is fraught with danger. So I've sort of found you – know, I'm just having to get through round one with a solid score, bank your points, and then you can move from there. Yeah. You know, but it's always interesting because not everyone would obviously be the same.
1: Yeah, and I, and I, I like to pick so like my like- trading. So, you know, I think yeah. if I can be somewhere around everyone else, I know I'll trade okay.
0: Yeah, And it's, it's very – probably this next one is quite uh, – you know, uh, depending on circumstances, how your team's placed, where you're sitting overall, all that sort of thing, mate. But one thing I like to ask, you know, past champions um, and, and people have done well, the question is, when t- to win Coach? do you think that you can win it with a conservative approach or do you think you need to be nailing a handful of pods uh, here and there to do it? And you sound like like a super Coach who's happy to go down the pod route here and there, but Can you win it conservatively or do you think you need a few pods in there?
1: I think you need a few pods. I think if you look each year, the top maybe 100 people, there's not a hell of a lot between them at the end of the year and probably what separates the person who wins it in the end is they nailed one or two pods that the others didn't get. Um, You know, There's a bit of luck. So I I just sort of have this theory, as long as you're thereabouts, the more often you can put yourself thereabouts, the more chance you've got of maybe one time things going your way. So
0: let's say the exact position you're in now, mate, you don't need to give away all your secrets to, that, to those sitting just above you, particularly that Andrew in number one who's not in our unlimited group yet. But are you more inclined while you're trying to catch it? And I know you've probably half answered this already because you said last year you went down the pod route, but you're going, all right, I need to make up ground, I need to do something different. Are you hunting for a pod or are you hunting for an anti-pod opportunity? Or is it whatever the best situation is?
1: it's probably whatever the best situation is for wherever I've got yeah. my team at the moment. So um, th- there's little things, I rules that I have with my team. So for example, I, I don't like having more than two of the top four of any team. So I might bet against one of those top four players who bet. And to go Strike with one is of the others. A
0: good
1: example at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Now, strikers are a little bit different because short bowls. So we hit one of the top four okay. bowls some overs. I may take three of the four, but usually I'll only take two of the four. So I'm usually betting against one of the opening batsmen. So if you look at Perth at the moment, people might have Bancroft or they might have, uh, es- I can never say his name, Esniaki, is it? <laughs> no, Eskenazi. Es- Eskenazi. He, um the Eskenazi. You know, I may go the, the less popular of those two. If I was to choose one, just to... yeah.
0: So there, there's that leads into my next question around uh, your core principles, and and I know um, that's one of them. Not not sort of stacking from uh, the top four of a side batters. Any other sort of principles that you, you use when you're picking your team and doing your trades? Yeah, i um.
1: The first thing I do every year is I study the fixture and try and work out how how that fixture looks if I want to maximise double game rounds in my team. And sometimes Mm. based on that fixture means you may not pick players from a certain team because they don't have a double in that block. This year's fixture, for example, I broke into three blocks. You had round one to five, I think um, six to nine maybe, and then 10 to 13. And there's teams in each of those blocks didn't have a double, so I won't pick any of their players. I'll just let them go. Um, And that's hard when you're talking to Daniel Sams at the moment, um, players like that, um, it's hard to just ignore them. But um, if, if it's going to affect me maximising double game players, I'll often do it. Having said that, I don't yeah. run to the maximum. I will pull a player in. I, I grabbed Shadab Khan, for instance, in that first block this year, even though the Hurricanes didn't have a double.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there are, are obviously exceptions to that with uh, Shadab being great. I think the, From memory, the Canes had to buy in round five or something. No double till about round seven or eight. So, um, mate, anything? And this is a your position in particular. This intrigues you because you won it last year. You a chance to go back to back this year. Is there anything that you've learned in SuperCoach this season that that's been reinforced to you, or or, uh, anything you've learned, or anything that has been reinforced? I should say.
1: Yeah, yeah, probably the biggest thing that has for me this year is. I sort of have this loose rule where I don't like more than seven players playing in a match if two games two teams are playing each other. So I look at the draw. So if you've got two teams on the double and they play each other, I might only have a maximum of seven double players. This Mm. year I broke that rule because of the fixture. Um, Sydney Thunder had those two doubles to start off, and I started with seven Thunder players in my team right from the start, and I had a shocking start. I was 600, I think, behind the leader after two rounds because the Thunder had such a shocking start, um, it was the wrong way to go. But it made me realise I broke my rule of maximum double players yeah. and I paid for it. And i am been trying to catch up ever since. Um, I think I'm going to fall just short as a result, but um, I'm giving it a red-hot crack, so it's good.
0: Mate, you've done it from worse positions before, so you can do it again this year. Uh, one of the ones I've had reinforced this year, it's a very common... Um, I suppose strategy and super coach and probably an unwritten law that we all know about, but we all get sucked back into. And it's what we just spoke about. It's chasing bats only and particularly bats only that play, um, I suppose, late in the round where you don't have the opportunity to loop them. Even if they do play early in the round and you can loop them and they fail the, the last two or three rounds has been a lot of really popular bat options. I look at probably, you know, Travis head, for example, minus Labuschagne hasn't really got too many runs. Josh Phillip is struggling Ben McDermott struggling. It's it's about taking away this impulse of going. Oh, what if they come out and put a ton on and get 180 super coach points? As a, you've just got to avoid that temptation, I think, and just go as you said, Andrew, around rolls, rolls, rolls. rolls the blokes with the opportunities uh, that are, you know on a bad night can pick up a wicket and scramble to 20 runs. What do you reckon, Spy?
2: I do think this year in particular has been brutal on batsmen. When we look at the running uh, to the season, especially for curators. We've had a lot of rain over a two-year period and mm. wickets have done a heap. So you've found it would be interesting to see the numbers at the end of the season, but batting averages would be so far down based on previous years. Maybe if you get a hot summer and, and decks are a bit flatter next year, you can have more of a crack at um, some of those batsmen. But I think this year in particular, uh, some of those bats have really struggled and been really hard to rely upon. Spy, you're uh, you're segueing into my next
0: questions really well here. Not prepared at all, but it does go into my last one for Andrew for now, uh, and that's mate. When you're picking your tight sides, uh, a bloke on our podcast, Maxie Bryden, the great man himself, looks and does a lot of research into venues, uh, the strength of the opposition from both a BBL like result standpoint and a Super Coach standpoint. How much of that comes into consideration for you, in particular venues? Venues
1: yeah so with the venues I, I i do sort of look at recent games there and try and get a sense of how they're going how many wickets are falling um do teams score better when they bat first bat second often when i'm making decisions with my team i might hold off bringing a player in or bring a player in based on whether they're batting first or not um and and sort of take it from there i i I do look anyone I'm considering. I usually have a list every week of about six or seven people that I might bring into my team. And then as the round unfolds, it just depends on how the toss goes. But I'll usually research those players, um, go online, look at how they've gone historically in T20 matches, um, look at them at that venue, their scores against the opposition. Um, it's all a factor, but it's not the be all and in all. What I'm really looking for mm. is role. Um and players like Bo Webster are, yeah. were really frustrating this year because he was the perfect example that I wanted oh. someone who bowled and then he wasn't bowling and then he was bowling. And
0: <laughs> and then when he doesn't bowl, he takes four catches
1: and gets three runouts. <laughs> exactly.
0: So frustrating.
1: Yeah. So And, and the same bats. with his batting position. Yeah. Like he bats four oh. and then the next game they name him at three and he still bats four and then they name him at six and he still bats four. It's um, – yeah. Yeah.
0: That's the kind of like stuff around that not even the most intelligent, well-informed gun supercoach or cricket fan can ever plan for because him stoin to a lesser degree, they just chop and change and it can be such hard work. And Bowie Webbs hasn't even been the story this season. God, he's hard to catch. Uh, mate, we'll, uh, we'll leave you there. We'll give you a bit of a spell for now as we, we go into a few of our double game week we can ask a few other things. But firstly... Guys, you've been listening to the to Pat and George talk a lot about home loans over the last 12 months on the SC Playbook podcast. Most people probably sitting there thinking they're way, out, way off being in that position and that it might be irrelevant to them, but they can get you a loan for pretty much anything you want. It doesn't have to be a house. Basically, Santa might have brushed you for a PS5 this year. Maybe the toolbox needs an upgrade. Your boss is way too stingy to chip in. Patty and George can make the dream a reality. And the best part, there'll be no more sacrificing avocados for two-minute noodles for Brecky. Spy, looking at you there, mate. Because the $129 fee is waived for the consult when you mention SC Playbook when you're getting con- consult, uh, consult, contact with them. Uh, the loans are quick and easy. The money drops into your pocket within days. So after a few years of COVID causing a bit of grief, treat yourself in 2023. Shoot them a message via their Instagram handle at Pat and George Mortgage Choice to get it sorted. You can also jump into any of the articles on our website for the email, phone contact, or QR code if that's a little bit easier for you. Boys, let's get into a double game week analysis. And it's not going to be as deep as other weeks because uh, I suppose by this point of the season, we're, we're not as. We, we know most of the roles inside. You know who's hot. We know who's not. We know that Ashton Agar shouldn't be bought by anyone. And if you're still in your side from last double game week, like the Kuma Stallions, you're absolutely stuffed. Moving on from that. We will start with the Brisbane Heat uh, and a couple of obviously big names there, boys. I just want just want your general uh, thoughts on the Heat, and if there's any blokes that you'd be looking to bring into your team this week, Andrew. You can be uh, a little bit more uh, cautious with this. You don't have to give away all your secrets in trades in coming weeks, but I suppose are there any blokes at the Heat that you're pretty desperate to get into your side that you're considering, or or maybe ones that you're looking against?
1: Well, the obvious one is uh, Manus. He's not in my team as we speak um, and on, depending on how things are looking ahead of me, he may continue not to be in my team or I may bring him in. So um, he's going to be a big call either way, I think. I'm um, not sure how
0: that one will go. He's got season-defining written all over him, doesn't he? Because he obviously doesn't have that bowling role at the moment that we all expected. Uh, I think he got one score there, but he's been struggling a little bit with the bat. Um lots of people already own him in prep for this double game week. There's a massive antipod opportunity there, but he could also come out, hit a ton like Steve Smith and then take Mm. four wickets. So, yeah, which way are you leaning at this stage?
1: Um, he's, He's penciled to come in. As one of my picks, yeah. it does break my rule of three. That would then give me three of the top four because I've got Kawaja and I've, I've got um, Renshaw. So, um, But the hope would be if I bought him in that between him and Renshaw, maybe they'll get four overs between them. It doesn't matter which one
0: we spoke about uh batters only earlier and you spoke about your rule of you know three of the top four Uzi Kawaj is an interesting one who hasn't quite found form with the bat how are you feeling about him in your side at the moment uh because he has struggled a little bit I suppose maybe few, few people stay away from him and he can knock up a score
1: yeah well hopefully he's the classic guy. grabbed him his first week he was available there's a bit of a difference um Mm. Yeah, kind of one of those position, one of those decisions. At the moment, I'm regretting, but who knows? He could come out and yep. get a hundred. Um, he's a class batsman and he's an opener, so anything's possible.
0: Uh, and mate, just the last one before I jump onto the spy. Or last two, I suppose. James Basley and Michael Nisa. Do you own either? And uh, how high a priority are those two?
1: Brought them both in this week. So mm. They're my latest yeah. recruits. Yeah. Uh, The one I'm keeping keeping an eye on, because I've got no idea of his status, is Steckity. Yeah. I could grab him if uh... he's named for the first game of their double.
0: He could be a huge pot pod going into the double. We know. I mean, the last heat double I think was. I don't know if they've one or two this season, but I think they've had the one, and it was earlier on, and he was just hot property at one eighty k. So a yeah, big, big watch there. Spy. What about for for you, mate? From the heat, we've gone through your uh, Uzi Kawajas, minus, Maddie Renshaw. Does he come onto the radar after that ninety not out and the the ballsiest lap to win the game ever? Where what? Do you, how do you see them? You're a Josh Brown fan as well.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I bought Joshie Brown in two rounds back just as a, a pure AE. They had the automatic emergency there. He had the first two games. I think he scored 51 in the first one, 25 this week. And I'll actually be forced to play him now that um, I'll be taking Short's first captaincy score. So I've got to bring someone in. So I'll take Brown's 25. Could be worse. It could be zero. Yeah, I'm kick in the nuts. Um, that's it, mate. Yeah. Um, I think Brown's talent is something special. And it's not just – you see bikes come in at times and they're a bit streaky. Mm. He is actually just – he stands still. His technique looks good. He knows which zones he wants to hit in. Um, there's no reason he couldn't come out and do something similar or better to what he did in that first game. I think it might have been on debut when he just went mental at the Gabba. Um, he's so class, that fella. So he's already in and he'll be staying in. Manus is already in. But i tell you what, if I didn't own him – and you're certain to you're looking to pull back some rank. If he's not bowling at the moment, he's he's only okay with the bat in 2020. He's certainly capable of going off. But I mean, if you can find someone, say you're picking between a Bazley and a Manus, I'd be more than happy to take on Bazley with mm. that dual role. We can get some some hits late in the innings potentially. Um, I think it's wide open. On the flip side, as an owner, maybe people will stay away and he'll have a big double game week, which would obviously benefit me. But I think he's wide open, Manus, and I agree with just waiting and seeing how you're looking. But if you want to chase a rank, i would be happy to antipod Manus, that's for sure. Um, you mentioned Renshaw. He's a big one. Uh, I'm tempted to probably go against him and um, trying to crack that top 100 just because... He looked so good the other night, but he could just as easily come out, bowl one over, and score ten. And people um, and people
0: flock to him after that role. We know how coaches are. And they'll
2: flock. Happen. So maybe they'll over flock, and it could hurt me. Of course, it could, but it'll be up to him whether he can uh, can do it again and, and burn me. Mike, speaking of getting burnt, Michael Nisa, he, <laughs> he destroyed me. Just as I thought I was onto something, I'd pull back that first that first game where he had four wickets, and I didn't own him. And I thought the other night, nah, everyone's getting him. I'll just wait a week and reassess. Bang, 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 another four. I was like, ah, he's done it to me again this year's nemesis. But I've got a decision to make there. Do I just finally lay down the white flag and bring him in or do I just commit to this antipod and hope he goes quiet in the double? You know what? I might just do it because I'm stubborn like that. Um, But he's bowling well. He's getting some lift um, and he's swinging the ball nicely. But he also doesn't battle that often, and as we've seen, he does have 20s and 30s in him. Uh, So what I'm trying to tell you here is, boys, Brisbane Heat are wide open. I'll just run through their list. Um, I think it's tricky to say who you can and can't go. Spencer Johnson's bowling really well. He's an option. If Steckett is named, I'll almost certainly grab him because that means he'd be fit again or he'd be fit enough if they're playing him. Uh, I captained him in last double game week for about 180, so there's a bit of loyalty there as well. But I like Steck, especially at that price. Um, mate, I think Brisbane's so interesting. I think, and the thing about cricket season is some people ask questions and they go, is it the right move to do this, this? Do, do I do this? It's like, to be honest, mate, you got to back your gut because um, any given week one of those boats could score 100, one could get a duck and it could flip the next week. We just don't know. So you've just got to. Trust your instincts, trust trust your research if you're doing it and just back yourself in. Don't get too upset if it doesn't come off because that's cricket after all. Well,
0: I'm just gonna trust everything Andrew says from now on, to be honest, Matt. I've, <laughs> I've been listening to Maxi been listening to Maxi Bryden for a while and that's uh since I started doing that, I've dropped from tenth to 130th. So Maxie, you're brushed, Andrew, you're in mate. Plenty more runs <laughs> on the board. Um Maddie <laughs> Renshaws it's a good point on him that you know, probably it would be low ownership at the moment. I think Andrew's probably the only bloke in the world who owns him. But uh, <laughs> he for next round, it'll be a case of watching right up to that, that game uh, style before the game starts when the teams are named, the ownership levels on the Supercoach website. And If people flock to him, which we expect, they do really good antipod opportunity. Andrew, over at the Perth Scorchers, we won't speak too much about him because they had the double a, a couple of weeks back, so... I think we're probably already invested pretty well in them, but um, I suppose if you could tell us who, who you own so far from your, from the Scorchers and is there anyone else you're looking at bringing
1: in? Um, I'm a bit worried about the Scorchers, to be honest. Um, I've got three of their bowlers. I've got Ty Berendorf and Kelly as a bit of a pod. Um, I'm worried with their double oh, man. with their double and um, and them sitting up near the top of the ladder, I'm worried about them doing a bit of bowler rotation for their last couple of games. And um, yeah. and maybe all of the bowlers I have only getting one game. Um, that's my biggest fear with the Scorchers. But um, they're all good enough to score well in one game. So I guess that lessens it a little bit.
0: They've, uh, they've scared me off the Scorchers a lot of the season. They're outside, I suppose, of the doubles because they're so good. But that their bowling depth... Is absurd, And for that reason, I've held off probably getting the majority of their quicks. Jason Berendorf, long-time fan. I've loved that bloke for for a long, long time. Canberra boy, uh, not too far from the mighty Cooma itself. But just the rotation reached with their depth, it's been a worry. So, mate, hopefully hopefully for your sake, those three do all play the double uh, coming up. Spy, what about the scorches for you, Matt? Who do you own there? And is there anyone else you're looking to recruit? Because I know my side personally – I currently own in it uh, uh, Ashton Agar. Please just get over, like, 50, mate. That was I'm regretting that one big time. Uh, Josh Inglis, AJ Ty. And then, again, I'm a bit scared of that rotation risk for, for Berendorf and Maddie Kelly. Who, how are you seeing it, Spy?
2: Yeah, let's have a look at it. Before we do, let's get a live reaction here because I've got the purse squad for tonight in front of me. Um, and Andrew might have to duck off if it doesn't suit him. But it, they've got Kelly, Ty, Berendorf and Morris oh. all playing. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm guessing that's good for
2: you, mate. I think you it's
1: bad, three, isn't no, it? No, no. I, wanted, I wanted, wanted one of them. Them. I wanted one to tie mm-hmm. Berendorf and Kelly out. So um, that's all right. It looks really. like. Uh, do you want to explain? Do you to explain why quickly? Um, right, because reasons? Renshaw's sitting on my on my uh, bench with the big E on him, and I need those points on ground. So it looks like uh, Shadab Khan's going to make his way back into my team, as we speak. <laughs> Sh- yeah. back he comes.
0: How, how's the, how's that for a sign of a good team just get shadab khan like 160k your, your non-player yeah. i suppose he goes out next week anyway
1: does he yeah yeah well, yeah well that's right and um i i, I was really lucky this year I've, I've got the highest team value i've ever had since about round five maybe my cash in bank plus my team value has been sitting around about 2.7 which is just mm. huge um and
0: 2.7 so yeah. do, so does it where it gives you your total value is it your yeah, cap on top of that as well.
1: Yeah, so that when it shows all the teams and the value of the team, it's only showing these yeah. sixteen players. It doesn't yeah. tell you how much they got in the bank. So if you add your bank to that, um, that's sort of what yeah. you get up to. So I've been sitting for about five weeks running with this sort of hovering between two point six five to two point seven, um, and it's just meant it's been great. I've just been able to. Whoever I want, I can yeah. get. So,
0: And I'm glad I'm glad you said that, mate, because it's, I mean, it's no shock that a team doing well has a big uh, bank. But, again, it just reinforces, guys, that from early in Supercoach, it's about getting those cheapies, getting the price rises, cashing in the blokes who are about to drop a, a big time early on. It's so, so key to success in Supercoach. Um, Spy, was there anything else more there, mate, or are we moving on to the cane? No, I was just
2: going to mention that um, Well, I'm coming 180-odd, and my bank balance, my team value is 2.2 million. So you've got 500K on me. I'm 2.45. <laughs> yeah, which is a lot of money. So fair party. And maybe Shab- Shadab gets gets announced to return for the double in coming days. Who knows, mate? comes out, blasts a double ton, and you get an extra... Wasn't up, I thought Shadab you know, was battle. coming back. Am I making that Well, oh, he did behave... He had a finger injury, so he might not be. But, mate, it could work out. this could be a title-winning move live on the podcast.
1: <laughs> and, and that's part of my reasoning is I've got him in. If he doesn't yep. play next week, I've got someone to use as a donut. Um, mm. And then the final round, well, if he's not picked for that first game of the Hurricanes, I'll just sideways him out to someone.
2: That's why you're the best, mate. That's go. why you are the best. Yeah. Um, just on Perth. Not a whole lot to add. I'll probably be avoiding bowlers for the match. Men- the reasons mentioned. I've already got AJ Ty, Inglis, Aaron Hardy. I'll look to add – we'll get to trade shortly, but I'll look to add one to those, maybe one of the openers, um, and go from there. Also, just on Ashton Agar, though, what's the averaging? 35. He's been frustrating, but he hasn't got a bat yet. So if you do own him, um, I think he's a definite hug. So he could easily come out and hit – He hit can't take it I, I, I bowl, I'm more threatening with my offies than he is. <laughs> He doesn't yeah, look like taking wickets and he bowls trash overs. Yeah, but he only needs to take one. I don't know if and he can he do it. 30 not out and he does what he did last year. But, yeah, look, I don't own him, so I don't have to worry about that issue.
0: Oh, he was so <laughs> good last year. Anyway, I think uh, Maxi used, used the, threw it up there. Was that season an anomaly in Supercoach scoring for him? Well, it's looking like it is. So, anyway, Ashton, you've got – I've benched him this, game, this round, so – He's got two games to return a bit of faith man. I love the bloke. He's clearly a legend, but I love Supercoach more. So, mate, you're dead to me if you <laughs> score poorly. Um, last team there, the Hobart Hurricanes, who we've actually touched a little bit on throughout the podcast here. And uh, Andrew, yourself, mate, I suppose that the, the big names there are McDermott, Wade, uh, Riley Meredith, and Nathan Ellis. Uh, is there any that you would look to antipod from that for?
1: Um. I don't have Ellis at the moment. I don't have Wade. Um, there's a chance I won't have one of them. Mm. Uh, which one? I don't know. <laughs> Ellis <laughs> is... I actually sold Ellis
0: this week, not because I wanted to in terms of... I think he's a gun. He's an outstanding bowler, and I think he's... Despite the fact that he's played internationally and whatnot in short form cricket, I think he's underrated, but we're... Which we'll get to a couple of antipods in a minute, or we'll speaking about him as we go, but really highly owned, like 85% or something of the top 1%. And I just thought, look, this is a bloke. He's only averaging about 45, 50. So I saw a really good antipod opportunity there. So while while I'll likely bring him back for the double, I think for the next couple of weeks, he's, uh, he's a decent antipod opportunity.
1: Mm. The one that interests me at um, Hobart is Jewel. I see a lot of people grabbing him because of his form. I'm thinking he's one I could potentially risk not going with. Um mm
0: yeah and Spy, what about yourself mate are any antipods in that mob and and who are the who are the ones you're looking at bringing in paddy Dooley uh pretty high on him I haven't owned him at all this season but just looks really threatening couple of I suppose okay decks for him uh, who do you like at the score uh sorry hurricanes
2: yeah he's, it's a bit tricky to antipod Dooley because he's bowling so well but I don't think it's off the table um yeah. I'll go a pod for you. I don't know if he's got much ownership, but just from the little bits I've seen, Zach Crawley's looked really good. Uh, He fields quite well. He hits a good ball. So maybe he's someone to have a look at. I'll probably watch him close tonight, check out his role and see what happens. But... Yeah, I mean, we're not going to be able to have all the Hurricanes, are we? We only have three trades unless you've got a boost. So um, people are going to have to go. And I think a bit like we've all said, and it's not probably super helpful, but it's just going to be a roll of the dice of who you think it's going to happen. But I do think if you had to pick Dooley or one of the quicks, so McDermott – sorry, Meredith versus Dooley, I'd probably take Dooley just because he spins so tricky to play and Meredith they've obviously seen for a few years, I'd rather take the bloke they, they're a bit unaware of that has a bit of mystery about him because uh, they do keep putting him up in the air at this stage. But it's wide open for that round and I think that's the beauty of this season, Anything can happen.
0: Mm, Meredith watching him quite closely this season, he's so up and down when he's on, he's on. And mm. I suppose that's one of the, you know, when you bowl 145, 150 Ks now, you you may have your off days, but Jeez, he can be ordinary on his day. But Nathan Ellis, that boy, rock solid every single week.
2: Love Ellis. I think Ellis is getting better as well. Um, he's, I think he's got a five-round average, about 80. And the other one is McDermott. You could antipod McDermott. He gets two bats in the double. Uh, if you want to have a crack at it, hoping his form continues to be poor, you, you can do that as well. Uh, but we know, just be aware that he's capable of turning up on any given day. Yeah. Uh, so he can put it pretty badly. Yeah,
0: definite antipod opportunity there if you're brave enough. But I think well, he's got about one score this season. So... Um, you look at the stats and looks all right. Uh, now, Andrew, I'm going to spare you the antipod uh, chat here from the rest of the competition because uh, I know you've you've got a big couple of weeks coming up and an antipod could be the way that you win it and those above you will be l- probably listening to this and, and sussing down a little bit. So I'll spare you on that one. Spy, a few that I've got on my radar to trade. The top of it, there's two of them, and I know you'll be in a similar boat with Josh Philippi because he's currently at – what's he at now? He's at – He's at 38% in the top 1% of overall coaches. So a lot obviously offloaded him this week. Um, if he stays around that, I'll be really looking to get rid of him because, again, he's not in great touch. He had one brilliant knock where he looked sensational and then threw his wicket away. Uh, and the other one who I was about to flip this week, I don't even know what happened or why I didn't, but Hayden Kerr, who just don't know if his roles as, as good as we thought it was because it is a good uh, batting order up top. He's not really getting the opportunities with the bat. Getting some decent overs and that sort of kept his average around the 50 mark. Uh, who are the ones on your radar? Anyone that sort of stands out?
2: Look, out of those two guys, I think I reluctantly bought Philippi in to basically try and cover my automatic emergency fails this week. Um, he failed again. philip's He's frustrating. I do rate him at the SCG though. He plays the game there in round 12 and then he's down at Hobart in round 13. Probably the beauty of Philippi now is now that he's not 70% ownership up the top and he's sort of in the 30s, people probably aren't going to get on him now. So I'm happy to keep him as as a bit of a loop option. So next week I'll probably bring McDermott back. If he fails, I can play Philippi. Ideally, he'll just be on the bench as a non-player. But in round 13, that last round of the tournament, um, the first game, he actually plays the opener. So he'll probably just be a free hit at wicketkeeper in the last round. If he fails, again, I won't play him. Um, But if he just happens to jag that massive score in the last round for a rock and roll finish, and then you can lock him into your side. So I'll be holding Philippi. Kerr I'll definitely be holding. I think he's awesome. His circumstances have dictated. He's been a bit unlucky the last few rounds, but I'll be keeping him. Uh, I haven't had a huge look into antipods um, outside of those two boys that you mentioned. Um, But I think I'm just going to sort of have a look at things. I'll be pretty heavily on the double for round 12. So there'll only be about three opportunities to plug single guys in anyway. Um, The guys I don't rate as much who I already own, I'll Mm. just have on the bench as my AEs. Round 13, to be honest, given that's two rounds away, it's always just going to depend on the ranks. If I'm sitting within striking distance of a top 100 or top 50, I might be willing to take more of a chance. If I've dropped back, I might be taking more of a chance. Or I'm sitting 105th might just lock in and back myself to get into that 100. But I think it all comes down to individuals, where you're coming, how much you want to throw the kitchen sink at things or how much you want to consolidate. Um, so, yeah, it's all all up to individual squads, really. It's funny
0: how quickly things can turn in Supercoach. Uh, I'll be honest, I was reading Philippi's stats live there and so many people um, got rid of him this round or over the last round, two rounds, I'm with you, Spy. I was ready to trade him. And now that he's – and I, I ate him this week, so it didn't hurt me. But now that he's down at 30% and possibly dropping more, I'm now tempted to hold on to him. Hayden Kerr, Hayden Kerr, I'm happy to flip. You look up the top there, AJ Ty at 93.9% ownership. Uh, as Andrew said, like, if, if he gets a spell in one of the next two games over the double, big chance. There's a massive antipod opportunity. Josh Inglis at 93%. Sean Abbott is ninety percent of the top one percent of overall super coaches. Um, maybe there's an opportunity there. Nathan Ellis eighty five. Aaron Hardy seventy three. We'll get to him in a second in one of the questions, but uh, you're not short of options to be honest. So very very interesting to see where we go from there, guys. If you're after a cheeky little punt, jump in and have a crack with Play Up. They offer some of the most competitive odds in the business. Best customer service in Australia with outstanding client managers. They offer a huge selection of markets for racing and sport. My favorite thing, they're an Australian-operated bookie. To see for yourself exactly what they can offer, head to any of the links in our stories on the website at scplaybook.com.au and scan the QR code. Guys, very important, 18 plus only and gamble responsibly. Um, Spy, run as quickly through your trade and skipper plans for around 12, 13, and then we'll throw a few questions at Andrew to wrap things up.
2: Sounds good. So in short, uh, I've currently owned three from Brisbane and three from Perth. Mm. I want to add one, probably from each outfit, likely to be Nisa, although we did speak about him. Maybe I'll go someone else and just stick solid on the antipod, come home strong there. So I'm basically going to add one from Brisbane, one from Perth at this point in time. Uh, And then I'm likely to bring back Benny McDermott because he's one of my favourite players. I love him. It's hard not to watch him. I think he's due um, and, again, if it's that, that wicket-keeper loop because he's got an early game, in, actually got the, early game in round 12, so you can loop him, then the double in round 13. The beauty of that is it'll set me up with two Hobart guys leading into round 13, and I'll then just straight target three Hobart guys in the last round, which give me five. I'll take three of my Perth players out, and whoever the remaining Perth player is on the bike can act as a loop for me, uh, along with um, – Holt, uh, Harold Holt there at the the Sydney Thunder. Um, <laughs> not sure who they're going to be, but, yeah, we'll say Three from Hobart in the last round, but that's a long way away. But next round, there yeah, one from Brisbane, one from Perth, and McDermott back in. Vice-captain and skippers. It's pretty simple next round because you go your vice-captain from Perth, yeah. And then if they fail, you, you pull one out from Brisbane. I'm pretty tempted on Baisley. I've got a bit of, bit of man love about that fella. Um, my only concern will be he does have a hammy, so he could only play one game or pull up short. Hammys do worry me a little bit, uh, but I think he's pretty good. So What happened to his, he,
0: his other one? You said he's got a hammy. What happened to his other hammy?
2: Oh, no, it's all right. He needs two <laughs> <laughs> need to, be, to give up. <laughs>
0: Um round thirteen, skipper, uh, Hobart Hurricanes, who do you like?
2: Well, there's the call, isn't it? So i will be a VC on a Hobart player. Um, it'd be Ben McDermott, almost certainly. Free crack at him scoring a ton. He loves scoring tons for me, so I know he'll look after me in round thirteen. And then that's gonna be the big decision. If your VC fails in round thirteen, um From Hobart, do you have a crack at someone like... That's where you might get a Matty Short at low ownership in terms of skipper because people will be on Hurricanes double. So you might be able to pencil someone like him in. Uh, As I said, round 13 could get weird because people could be having a crazy (laughs) crack with things. Um, Just depends where you're standing. But, yeah, I I love my Benny Benny McDermott. Hopefully maybe one more lowish score tonight. Maybe a a good 18 where he's got some form back and then exploding from here on in.
0: Very good, very good. Uh, For me, skippers round 12, scorches... It's a tough one to go with. As I said, that rotation risk with Ty and the quick bowlers there scare me a bit. So maybe it's a bit of a leery one with, with Josh Inglis there, just to, to throw it up there. Uh, and then we can go through to game two and oh, Marnus Lubbershane or Michael Nisa for me. I, I want Marnus, but I'd love to see him just roll the arm over a little bit more than he is. So uh, if he doesn't, uh, well, it looks like he won't. It'll probably have to be Michael Nisa. A little bit plain, but uh, a little bit to play out before that happens. Anyway, round 13, Going to be rank dependent. I'm sort of in that position now in one, what, 30th where, you know, I'm not going to win it. I'm not going to fall too far back. So I might just have a bit of fun with Benny McDermott. If I was playing it a bit more safely or if I'm looking at a head-to-head point of view, which we uh, look past a little bit too often in this, and it's a grand final, Nathan Ellis is your safe bet. He's such a star. I love that bloke. Uh, Let's jump into a few questions, then wrap it up. And the first one, Andrew, we've left you silent there for a little bit, from Peter Wright. Stephen Peter Devro Smith. Is he a must-have? I've got a one of my mates old boys He's named Peter Devro. His son, who's my mate, is absolutely obsessed with Steve Smith. The day that he found out that his dad, that Steve's middle name was Peter Devro, oh mate, absolutely blew his socks off. Anyway, <laughs> shit story, shit story done. <laughs> Steve Smith must have. Do you think for next round and the run home, Andrew, or not?
1: Um. Being batter only, I I would be happy to run against him. Um, Having said that, round 13, I think the Sixers play the first game. He could be one of those nice little sneaky bench options that you could have sitting there. Mm. Um, And if he he comes off, it's good. I mean, I'm in a situation I'm pretty lucky. I'm pretty stacked with the double sides already. I think I've already got nine from next week. I've already got nine heat and scorches, and I've already got, well, three plus shatter for the final one. Um, and I've still got a boost up my sleeve, so um, I can go Mm, double crazy for the last. Um, But that doesn't always work, as I said earlier. Here he comes.
2: Here he comes. The best always peek towards uh, the final, and he's doing it. So it'll be
1: interesting. He probably won't be on my list, and and one of the reasons he won't be, I know the team that is leading has him. So I've got to try, and and I'm so far behind now, I have to try and Mm. and differentiate my team from that team as much as I can for better or worse. Mate,
0: uh, mate one
1: question from Jay Haddo. Hardy and Kerr,
0: rolls not as good as we first thought? Question mark. What's your take on those two and do you own any of them?
1: Um, I traded Kerr this round. Um, so he was one when I got in. I don't know whether I traded him for Basley or Nisa, but one of those. Mm. Um, Hardy is in my team um, and I'm going to field him tonight. I've decided over McDermott, so we'll see. <laughs> Um, he's batting well he's looking great with the bat I'd just love to yes. see him get him over
0: yeah but like speaking of hard blokes we mentioned Bo Webster before but Aaron Hardy this season I haven't been an owner I've been so close to it but that role it's all over the shop Spy I think you've got him on board
2: just on Hardy um, I was just looking at the schedule while you we were chatting there round 12 my, I don't know who I said my VC will be but it will be Aaron Hardy mm. for sure there was a little bit of chat. He actually came out of his own mouth that he said he's expecting to bowl again soon. Whether that uh, translates to games, I'm not sure, but the fact he's back and capable of doing it means, especially if one of them quickies gets a rest, um, he might get a few overs. And just quietly, he hit one of the best straight drives I've ever seen the other night yeah. um, down in Melbourne. It was, it was a cracker. The boys got talent. Um, it was the same night, Spencer Johnson beating 16 times on the pool shot, so it was all happening. Um <laughs> Yeah, after all that chat, I've no idea what your question was. Fire it back at me. No, mate, he's he's uh, his role being.
0: Uh, You're basically just dancing around the bowling, and yeah. it, he was coming. He had a bit of a, an injury niggle, and that's why he hasn't been bowled. So there is a chance that the yeah, that he picks it up again for the rest of this. But time. you can't
2: and rely on it. That's the key yeah. there. You can't rely. on it. And look, yeah.
1: Perth have so many players that bowl, <laughs> even Ashton Turner himself, oh, and oh, it's oh, just like who's not going to get an over for insane. him to have one.
0: Like if yeah. if Turner or Hardy just locked in two or three overs a game, they'd be your first pick, and they'd be set and forgets for the season. But it's just all over the shop, boys. We will wrap that one up for the final SC People BBL episode of the season. Andrew, mate, I hope this isn't the last time we have you on. To be honest, because you're absolutely wonderful, and mate, I, I hope you can bring it home for the unlimited grouping for yourself uh, and be. I'm nearly certainly say the first bloke to go back-to-back in at Supercoach Big Bash. <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll be trying, but um, I think I might be a little bit too far behind, but that won't stop me. You're closer than last year, mate. I am. I am. But um, like I said, I'm playing number one in a head-to-head this week and he's beating me as we speak. So I need a few yeah. things to go right tonight and um, in the last two rounds. But like I said, he's a great bloke, so I'd be more than happy to finish second to him.
0: Yeah, fair enough. the The dominance of the Andrews this year, uh, and spy mate. Next time we hear from you, your mug will be on shot.
2: Yeah, it will be um, NRL season just around the corner. That that transition zone of the year where there's you can go to the beach, watch footy, there's cricket on. I think we're in India, so it's going to be absolutely brilliant. brilliant cannot wait um uh, thanks andrew mate you've been absolutely you've been bloody wonderful to be honest it was a really good interview to start this uh answer questions beautifully and um i wish you the best mate and i think you're coming home strong uh i've actually got you coming second behind you mate um based on steve smith's big one last night but you're gonna go mighty close bro. Time tell. Yeah. thanks for
1: having me guys
0: No, no. Pleasure, mate. And guys, that is a wrap-up for the Big Bash Supercoach season at SC Playbook. An enormous thank you to the SC Playbook community for all the support this season. Uh, I say this time and time again at the end of the season, but Supercoach, the community is such a great space. There's positive people all around it, which uh, the same can't be said about all, all sort of sporting communities, I suppose, but the Supercoach... Uh, groups and the podcasters out there and the content creators and the people who follow along with it, absolute legends. So we're very lucky to be a part of it. We will be back next week for the start of our NRL and AFL content. Big plans ahead for the upcoming season, which will be announced. So jump on, give us a follow on the socials there, uh, and we look forward to it. Cheers for tuning in.